What's the big deal with Apple's new credit card? Does Touch ID have a future in the iPhone? Does 5G have a future in the MacBook? And your hot takes. That's all in this episode of the Macworld Podcast. Welcome to the Macworld Podcast. I'm Roman Loyola, here with Leif Johnson and Jason Cross. Let's start with the news. There's a little bit of follow-up with the whole Siri grading program. The Guardian had a report last week about how Apple took some samples from Siri, people's recordings, and used them to try and improve the Siri AI. They announced recently that they're going to stop this grading program, or they're halting it. They're not totally folding it. Mm -hmm. No, they said that they're going to pause it while they conduct a thorough review and that a future version of iOS will let people choose if they want to be a part of it. Although they didn't say if that's opt-in or opt-out. They just said people will have control. And that's what Mike wanted in this editorial was just a toggle. That's Mm -hmm. what's... Yeah, it's something that probably should have been done in the first place. Especially yeah. with the commitment to privacy and stuff. You can expect that from other companies. But Apple, it's all about, we're not listening to you. Yeah, right? Google does this. Amazon does this. Both of them suspended their programs in the light of this news before yeah. somebody came out and said all the, before some whistleblower said all the stuff that they're able to hear. I mean, they kind of anonymized this stuff. Right, and I guess that's why Apple thought it was okay. Exactly. Because they didn't know... You know, personal information. Yeah, the people, people listening don't have enough information to know who you are. But the problem is Siri gets triggered sometimes when you don't say the magical phrase. Mm-hmm. And then and then people are hearing just background stuff that you – a couple seconds worth mm-hmm. of the background stuff that you're doing or saying and whatever. And it's and some of it's kind of salacious because people <laughs> do things in their lives, you know. I said this last week, but apparently one of the ways you can trigger it is through a zipper. I tried it with about four different zippers, <laughs> and I could not get Siri to yeah, I could not. zipper. Yeah. <laughs> so look for an iOS update, I'm probably a Mac update as well, in regards to this. And you'll probably find a new checkbox that you'll have to click on if you want to participate or do not want to participate. Again, we don't know if it's going to be an opt-in or opt-out. Yeah, or if they'll prompt you. It right. might just – you may have to go dig down into settings and – to flip a checkbox, you know. Yeah, I, I would hope not. I would hope the the first setup process, part of those first setup process things, like when they you turn yeah. on location and stuff, it would say, you know, you'd be a an option to opt out or something. When you set up Mac OS and you go through, you know, when you initially set it up, mm-hmm. there's one of the things that you have that you're asked is if you want to enable Siri. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if there's going to be a, an option there to opt in or out. In that terms would of, yeah. be the good place to put it. Yeah. Right. So one, yeah, we'll see. I'll, I'll be interested to see if they include that in the Catalina installer. Mm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, if if they put it up front like that, or if they just put it somewhere in <laughs> in uh, some preferences. Yeah. Or, or something. I mean, it's really necessary. Is is the problem? Yeah. Is that you can't train machine learning without telling the machine learning right. whether it was right or wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so. The, if we all complain, Siri didn't hear me correctly, somebody has to go, yeah, that was wrong. This right. is what it should have been. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. they can backtrack that through the model yeah. and make an updated model yeah. that's better. If it, they could do this automatically, they it would never be wrong. Yeah. 
And by the way, if this is the main improvement I want to see with Siri, you know, I'm not even that, that interested in all the tricks and stuff like you get with Alexa and stuff. I want her to be able to understand me properly. And uh, I, you know, even compared to my Alexa device, uh, she lags behind on that. And mm-hmm. I, I think that's the biggest thing I want. I would be very happy if Siri could just understand my Texas accent <laughs> and be able to. Yeah. And that's so I'm all for this. I will totally opt in. This fall, we'll get a new iPhone, but there are already oh. rumors about the iPhone in 20, 20 and even 2021. 2021. So there's a new rumor about the 2021 iPhone. It could support in-screen touch ID. Uh-huh. Right. <laughs> this rumor, by the way, is just BS. This isn't <laughs> – a lot of rumors come from like, oh, suppliers have told us that they're ramping up uh-huh. because – of. This is literally a rumor where they just said, well, I think they're going to solve the problems with how fast it is and how much coverage there is by then. So Apple's going to do this, well, the thing which is, is not – that doesn't mean Apple's going to do it. This was started by uh, Ming-Chi Chi Kuo, right. who's very reliable on this on this stuff. Right. But he's not citing any kind of suppliers or anything. No. He's liter- he literally just said – they're going to solve problems. The, the industry will have solved problems A, B, or C, and so Apple's going to do this, which is a, kind of a leap to make. And he had did one of those with the AR recently, I think, too, that you know, it seems mm-hmm. Apple will have the technology to do this. So it, it makes sense that it's not like his usual stuff, like, hey, my, my little birds on the supply line told me. It's right, like exactly. <laughs> yeah, Apple's filed patents on this stuff, but Apple files patents on a lot of stuff. Tons of stuff. Just like any, every other company does. Right. They file patents to protect themselves mostly. Mm-hmm. And a lot of a lot of stuff that gets filed doesn't see the light of day. Yeah, you know, some Maybe of it even does. most of it. Yeah, yeah. So and and uh, Ming Chi Kuo, I think, was basing this prediction on patents that Apple has filed on Touch ID. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just seems weird for the iPhone to fall back on Touch ID when they've been pushing Face ID so much, and Face ID mm-hmm. works so well. Yeah. And it and will continue to improve. You know there's going to be a second-gen Face ID that yeah. has, I don't know, a wider field of view or yeah. whatever, just better, mm-hmm. faster. Even the idea of that Touch ID could be used as a option for a lower-cost phone. Mm-hmm. So, like, a lower-cost right. phone wouldn't have Face ID, would have Touch ID, but I don't I don't. I don't, I, I don't know if an in-display all-over right, the be, device Touch ID thing would be cheaper yeah, that sounds than like right. the additional couple sensors they need to do for yeah. Face ID. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't mm. – and they're always trying to make the display slimmer. Mm-hmm. If the rumors are to be believed, they're getting rid of um, 3D Touch because that, to, to make it both cheaper and slimmer, you know, it seems like going in the other direction for Apple right. to do this. Yeah. More rumors involving the MacBook. There is a rumor that the MacBook could have 5G support in 2020. Sure. I think some people sure. might say, wait, you mean MacBooks haven't had cellular support? Mm-hmm. You know, and that seems like kind of maybe. It's weird because they could have done that yeah. forever. For some reason, whatever reason, they haven't done it. Yeah. And maybe they've just done, haven't done it because there's maybe they've done some market research that shows that it's not a big in-demand feature for for users. 
especially yeah. at the prices oh. they sell stuff at. Because you put that in there, it's gonna pump it up a few. Yeah, more that's an, that's another hundred bucks for the hardware, and then yeah. you've got it by service. It's kind of like how you can get an iPad with mm-hmm. cellular built in. They'd have to do that. But that's another thing. It's really going to complicate that product line because, you know, with the iPad, I, I know because I write out these deals, it already gets complicated with the yeah. different storage space, the cellular versus Wi-Fi models. And when you do that to the MacBooks, which have a lot more graduations, it's like, yeah, it's, it, you know, so there's that elegance, you know, the simplicity um, to, to keep an account, too, I think, from Apple's perspective. Once 5G is kind of everywhere just because of the performance of it and stuff, this might be a, an interesting and popular thing, especially as there starts to become like residential ISPs that are wireless. Mm-hmm. Right. But I just don't understand. It just doesn't seem like 2020 would be the time frame for that. Right. And it, and it doesn't seem like Apple would suddenly care about 5G so much more than 4G LTE in the context of putting cellular in a, in a, MacBook. In a MacBook. Right. Yeah. It doesn't seem like, oh, well, now they've now that it's 5G, we're totally going to do this. Like, I, I just don't. I don't get that. I would see that in however many years it takes for Apple to build their own in-house wireless networking chip that does Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and 5G cellular that they're putting in their iPhones and all that other stuff, that that just they just put that in the MacBook to do Wi-Fi and Bluetooth and, hey, it also has 5G, and then they can sell that to you as an upsell. I also don't think that's going to happen by 2020. Right. I'd be happy to be wrong. I kind of like the idea that they would put cellular, cellular in a MacBook. Like I love, I like the idea that you could have your ten dollar a month data only plan, like you would for an iPad, for your MacBook. Oh, your MacBook. And it was so helpful for my iPad when I had it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What I mean, what I do is I just use my hotspot with my Mac. Um, So it feels like it already has that function in it, but I just, you know, I I keep my hotspot on. And so I just connect to it like I would a normal Wi-Fi station. So Apple makes it so easy to to tether to your iPhone, Mm -hmm. even wirelessly. Um, That that integration with the Mac and the little connection menu is just like so seamless. It almost seems unnecessary. Yeah, Yeah, it does. Yeah. Especially when you consider that. They would have to use a ceramic antenna because of the aluminum casing that mm. acts kind of as a shield for 5G. That's a more expensive implementation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, so. there's, there's, they could put it – I mean, they have to do it for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth now. They have to have fine places. There's yeah. the Apple logo on the back. That's plastic. Right. You've mm-hmm. got under there. And you've got um, the hinge. Right. Mm-hmm. Which I believe is where the – I think that's where the Wi-Fi and Bluetooth Wi-Fi and stuff Bluetooth is now. now. Yeah. Um, and you can try and be under the keyboard and go up through the keys, but yeah. they've got enough keyboard problems. <laughs> <laughs> Another uh, Mac rumor, this is more specific to the rumored 16-inch MacBook Pro IHS market analyst. Jeff Lynn says that the processor on the 16-inch MacBook Pro is going to be a ninth-generation Intel Core processor. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's all that's available. That's all, yeah. <laughs> kind of, we kind of went, yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, I think I think it's because Intel just announced their 10th gen Ice right. Lake that people are going like, well, why not? But the the entire lineup of the Ice Lake only goes up to the um, the sort of 25 watt range, right? That's mm-hmm. the that's the highest end. It's and it's it's the Y and the U processors. That's not what they put in the 15 inch MacBooks or would put in a 16 inch MacBook. So they just don't 
exist for that. Yeah. That's number one. Number two is Ice Lake. Pro- they announced Ice Lake processors, but they're not available even in Windows machines yet. The first ones will be at the end of this year. And Apple's always a few months behind right. the first Windows machines. They're never in the first. To, to yeah. get a new Intel processor in the market. Yeah. So unless this 16-inch MacBook is going to debut in the spring, it couldn't have Ice Lake anyway. So uh, Intel is expected to announce another new processor this month in August. And people are suspecting that it's maybe either the, the next-gen thing Tiger Lake or it's a sort of higher-end version of what Ice Lake is. It's the higher wattage parts mm-hmm. for the upper end of the scale. So if they announce that, then maybe what we'll see in this 16-inch MacBook is they'll launch with the 9th gen, and then next year they'll, in the spring or summer, they get that upgrade to that 10th gen yeah. processor. 16-inch MacBook Pro. It seems like it's a... It seems like it's going to happen. It's going to happen. happen. Yeah. The rumors yeah. keep yeah. coming, coming stronger and yeah. stronger now, so... This is this one's not specific to the 16-inch MacBook, but I saw a thing where they Apple filed a patent had that had to do with um, touch, uh, touch ID, Face ID on MacBook, and the way it would right. work with keeping this keeping the Mac awake while you're there staring at it and putting it to sleep when you leave and waking up the Mac from sleep, like working in a sleep state to do that and stuff. Um, and again, we said, "Hey, they file patents all the time. Doesn't mean it's not go- it's going to happen." But man, do I want it to happen with this 16-inch MacBook? Since that's that's got to be a new design because it's 16-inch. They don't have one. Like, yes, start there. Give us Face ID on MacBooks, please. Yeah. It is so great. If you've ever used a Windows laptop with Windows Hello, it is the best. <laughs> it's because it's always faced right at your face. So it's you just flip up the lid, it logs you in. Yeah. It's really easy to confirm purchases and stuff like that. It's really accurate. Apple could just kill it with this. So yeah, please put Face ID on MacBooks. Apple has released a new kind of product for a, a limited number of folks right now. It's the Apple Card, the company's credit card done in conjunction with Goldman Sachs. The card will eventually be available to the general public, and even a couple of Macworld staffers are going to get one. Are you interested in the Apple card? I have to admit, as interested as I am in it, I am not going to get one because mm-hmm. of because it's a credit card. And, yeah, you know, and you don't need one. I don't need another credit card, and yeah. I'm a little bit uh, sensitive in terms of like my whole credit because it took me years to kind of repair it. Even though it wasn't, it wasn't in shambles, but I was careless with it in my younger age, uh-huh. and it took a while for me to. I think a lot of people are in that boat. Yeah, so and, and a lot of people have are underwater with student loans and yeah. things like that, and they're you know, yeah, yeah. I <laughs> it'd be interested to see if I could get one. That's all I'll say. Yes. Um, On that note, <laughs> I'm right. kind of interesting. It's interesting to me how much attention Apple Card is kind of getting because yeah, it's a credit card. Mm-hmm. It's not particularly special. Yeah, yeah. Like certainly from a the the standard like sort of financial side of it is the is the least interesting part. Right. It's a fairly standard cashback card with you know. Kind of a low interest rate range for a cashback card, but cashback cards have terrible interest. Like, never carry a balance on a cashback yeah. card. Like, if you if you can't pay your whole credit card bill every month, use a different credit card, not one that gives you cashback. You're you're just 
snowing yourself for yeah. nothing. Like, don't do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not, you get up to 3% cash back. That's if you buy something with your, uh, with Apple pay. Um, and is on, it 3% on, on, on anything or is it 3% on Apple store? It's 3% on Apple stuff. Okay. So stuff that Apple pro- processes the payment for. So that's all your apps. That's all your iTunes content, renting a movie through iTunes, you know, anything like that, mm-hmm. uh, or buying products at the Apple store. So that's 3% on that, 2% on anything you anything you use Apple Pay for, uh, either online or with your phone on a contactless thing. Yeah. And then 1% on anything you use the physical card for, which you have to request. It doesn't just give you the they physical don't, card. They don't send you the card. They don't just send it to you. you ha- apparently, you have to say, like, hey, send me a card. They just send you one. And it's titanium and it's fancy <laughs> and all that. But it's... It doesn't have the numbers on it. Doesn't have the numbers on it or your signature or anything because yeah. privacy and and because it's virtual card number. So your card number is in the in the wallet app if you need it, mm-hmm. like for an online purchase or something. Um, but if you need to, like because your number gets leaked or something like that, you can request a new number and it just gives you a new number and your card still works. Which some other companies have done, especially these virtual online banks. You know they've they've kind of provided stuff like that before. So the unique thing is that it's integrated into your iPhone. It's it's in the wallet mm-hmm. app. You can apply right there. It's quick to a- apply because they have all the information that Apple has about you, your like name and address and stuff like that. You have to confirm that, but they autofill all that stuff. You get approved very quickly. You can see what your credit late limit and your interest rate would be before you accept it, which is not something a lot of cards mm-hmm. do. You yeah. have to you just get surprised. Later to go, <laughs> you know, oh, that's my credit limit. So, I mean, that's kind of neat. And then it's there's all the tracking stuff. There's all the stuff about, like, being able to see where you're spending your purchases on what types mm-hmm. of things, how much is food, how much is restaurants, how much is entertainment, all that other stuff. So you can budget stuff. You can see when you pay, if I pay how much, how much interest am I going to get charged, you know? So you can, like, kind of decide how much to pay down your card to optimize your interest and that they give you cash back daily instead of every month which most cash back cards are every yeah, month. Yeah, that's pretty cool. That's kind of cool. It goes on that Apple Pay cash card in your wallet. Yeah. Which you can then send to a bank, which so that's okay, but that's a right. step, right? And you don't get direct access to that money. No, they want you to go they want spend, you to spend it back at spend Apple. Spend it back <laughs> or just with Apple Pay, you know. Right. Like true, it's really yeah. easy to do with Apple Pay to yeah. spend that money or to send it to someone in messages. But they want you to keep you in that Apple ecosystem. Right. So that's kind of the only thing that's unique about it is that the – and if you've seen some of the fancier credit card apps, usually mm-hmm. from these sort of virtual bank, mm-hmm. um, these new sort of digital virtual bank mm-hmm. companies, they have a lot of the same sort of tracking stuff. And everything, mm. so it's not that even that isn't that special. Yeah, my bank. Um, you know, <laughs> going back to what we were saying, I mainly just work off of my bank account. But for my banking option, it has some real. It has a really good app. It's really helpful, and you know, it has versions of some of those same features that Apple does. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. I think Apple's just it. The interface is slick. Mm-hmm. It's clear yeah. and 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 attractive and stuff like that, like you would expect. But it's not like you can't get any one of these pieces anywhere else, right? Maybe you can't get all of them in a card like the Apple card, but is that a reason to go get something with like maybe a worse interest rate or a worse mm-hmm. rewards for you? Maybe not. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not necessarily a great card for most people. 
it, it would it's it's a very good card for somebody who's active in the Apple ecosphere. They, mm-hmm. they buy a lot of songs. So the cashback. Yeah, they buy. A yeah, lot of essentially apps. getting a three percent discount on everything Apple you buy. Yeah, not just Apple products, but like every app you purchase, every in-app purchase. Right. And that would be important with the push to services. Yep. All those services, your Apple Music subscription, all that other stuff. For some people who it's not a bad – who wouldn't be harmed by getting another credit card, and that's me, (laughs) it it could be worth getting just for the Apple things you buy. Yeah. Right. And then if I go buy food at a restaurant or something like that, maybe I use a card with better rewards or something. Yeah, yeah. So I can, and there's no harm in having multiple cards in your wallet and just picking the one you want. It's easy to do when you use Apple Pay. So you could do that stuff. Yeah. It's rolling out now to some people. Like we have, do you have any idea how many people I get? I have no idea. I know it's, you know, it's select media members. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know <laughs> how they pick. We've had we've had some replies on Twitter from people who say, "Yeah, I'm in," you know, yeah. and I'm like, "Okay, well, none of us are. None yeah. of us are." Yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I didn't okay. sign up, so I, you know, wasn't expecting anything. Mm-hmm. But it, I'm, I'm kind of surprised that within my circle of friends and staff of people who did sign up, none of them have gotten. I don't know anyone either. Yeah, I don't know so. personally anyone who's got. So I don't know how yeah. widespread it is, but I, mm-hmm. it's not wouldn't surprise me if they're. Letting a few thousand people just make out, outside of Apple, just making sure that there's no problems with the sign up process, that, yeah. that the servers are holding up and scaling as they expect and stuff like that before they go, here are thousands yeah. or millions of people. Because you have to be, it's obviously just for the US so far, mm-hmm. right. uh, 18 or up, and you have to be a US citizen or legal resident. The standard credit card stuff, right? Yeah. But it's so it's just US. So it's going to be. You know, maybe tens of millions of people signing up for this. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when the card's been in circul- full circulation for a little while, and then he- hearing Apple Financials and the other, yeah, the others. How much do they get out of this? Yeah, how much is Goldman? I mean, they're the lion's share of any of the interest rate stuff is going to go to Goldman. They're the back bank that backs mm-hmm. this, and they're the ones who has to cover people's purchases and stuff. But how much of it is coming from Apple? How much? What's their benefit that they get out of yeah. transactions? Right. Are people going to buy more Apple stuff when they're like, "But I get three percent off." You know, <laughs> I get cash back. So then, there are they? Are you more likely to buy stuff through yeah. iTunes or app purchases when you feel that way about it? Man, it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, yeah, I'm interested to see what kind of a revenue generator this card's going to be. Is you know, I know nothing about credit cards and the you know financials like this so i'm kind of clueless as to what's how this works in terms of a business for apple right and how they will generate revenue on this and even in terms of like getting one you know i'm still kind of like yeah so it's a credit card i mm-hmm. you know there's no there's nothing that's kind of striking to me about it but then again like i said I'm not the type of person who's always looking for credit or investigating my credit. I've established my credit. I just kind of let it go. Right. I have very good credit. I have a great credit rating. So I'm kind of like, the way I'm doing things seems to be working. So yeah, I don't want to mess with it. I don't want to mess with it. So 
I'm a little sensitive to that. So I guess maybe that's why I'm kind of like yeah, Apple Card. I, I don't know. You, you should be squeamish about opening up a new line of credit. Mm-hmm. Credit. Yeah. For no matter yeah. what it is. Yeah. Like that should be – that's a good position yeah. to be in. <laughs> Uh, I should mention that we have we have a good fact about this on the site, yes. mm-hmm. uh, and we also have some good analysis from Elena Yi, who is a little bit of like one of these like sort of credit card nerds about like <laughs> min maxing and, and knowing the, all the details of all these different kind of credit cards. She's been doing a lot of research, so we have some comparison stuff. And then now, as we get more details, now that it's rolled out, um, we're going to be updating and, and yeah. having more analysis of like. You know, depending on what you buy, maybe the card that you should add to your Apple Pay is some other card. Um, I should mention that it just it just came out as these new people were signing up that um, you can't export your data mm-hmm. from oh, the the Apple Card to other banking apps. So people who use Mint and stuff are like, oh, man, I won't have all my purchases tracked in Mint, which is what I use or yeah. anything like that. The language of it makes it sound like oh it's just not yet right they're a working feature. On it. like it, like they're working on it yeah but maybe they're just trying to be wishy-washy yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's legalese and you don't know right but other people were interpreting it as more of apple's privacy commitment but, exactly yeah. yeah hopefully that's all it making is making it a v- i don't i don't see why it's a privacy problem to make it available at the user's intervention right yes. exactly right. um you know, yeah. like all these other credit cards do and all these financial apps to yeah. help you plan like Mint and stuff. So hopefully they hopefully that gets addressed pretty soon. Yeah. Or at least we get some official word from Apple that will – if they're not going to do it where they say, no, it's important for privacy, blah, 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 we're not going to do this. Then you can make that informed decision that they're never going to do this and I don't want the card. Now it's time for the two-minute tip where a Macworld staffer will present a quick tip for your Apple device. This week, Jason has a tip for folks who love Apple ads. So what you got for us, Jason? (laughs) Or at least the music in them, (laughs) right? (laughs) Maybe you don't like the visuals, but you love the songs. Yeah, maybe you just like that song that goes, nice. (laughs) Which is on there. Uh, (laughs) uh, You may not know this, but Apple maintains an official playlist on Apple Music of all the songs that appear in their ads and which, you know, Apple ads are kind of known for their music. You know, they're, they're good picks. Mm-hmm. You, know, you may not like this one or that one, but there you may, I think a lot of people have said, oh, I wonder what song that is. So if you go to Apple Music and you search for heard in Apple ads, you will see their playlist. It's got about 78 songs right now going back every, pretty much every song from one of their ads for the last few years. I would love to see them expand this to a lot more. Yeah. Uh, but they're all in there. Uh, it's four hours worth of music <laughs> that you've seen in Apple ads. So that's a that's a nice easy way to go. Oh, what's that? What's that song that I from that ad? That's Pike Jones ad. Yeah. What was that cool song? So off the you top know, of my head, that. did they have those? Uh, you know, does this extend to the the pre keynotes where you're you're waiting no. and looking at the Apple? Okay. Good. No, no this, these are only the. These are only the ads, like the TV ads. Right, okay. There is actually a website that has uh, uh, documented the songs that play before keynote events. Right. Uh, I, I don't remember it off the top of my head. I'll put the link on our website. I bet Googling Apple keynote songs will get you there. Yeah, you'll probably find it that way. But, there, yeah, there's a, if you watch events and 
uh, are interested in the playlist that Apple plays before the event starts, you can find those online as well. It's well, YouTube we'll, we'll, uh, we'll put a link in the, in the article on our website that accompanies this podcast. We'll put yeah. a link to that Herd and Apple Ads podcast playlist and we'll go find that site and, and yeah. give you the link in that I forgot too. the name of the site but I was looking at yeah. it the other day. We'll give so. you the link on the on the so. on the this podcast's article on the website. Yeah. yeah, Apple has kind of a they pick pretty good songs for their for for yeah. the ads. So, you know, they 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 establish the mood and the t- the tone that they want for their ads right. really well. And they're kind of it's like cool but inoffensive music. Yeah. You yeah, know, it's like it, yeah. it strikes that nice balance of like you could play this and not embarrass yourself, but right. also you could play this in a public place or at yeah. a public event. Yeah. Or something. Sounds like the idea between behind Apple TV Plus. Let's hope it works out. Yeah, that way. exactly. <laughs> yes. Now the music they play for events yeah. is a little different because they like to play a lot of Imagine Dragons. And I'm not a big fan of Imagine <laughs> <either>. Dragons. No. <laughs> So, uh, sorry to offend anyone who's a <laughs> fan of Imagine Dragons, but you know, I think because Tim Cook is kind of a fan of Imagine Dragons, mm-hmm. he's mentioned that on stage before. They well, often play they Imagine kinda, Dragons. They kind of got a crap for being too into U2, and yeah. I think they've just moved on. They just picked yeah. a new Imagine Dragons is the new U2, yeah. and you're just going to find it automatically on your device next year or something. Yeah. <laughs> Did Imagine Dragons play an event before? I think they did. Um, doesn't come to mind, but it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah. So whenever they do that, we have a musical guest. I always yeah. Go, oh no, it's going to be Imagine Dragons. <laughs> and maybe in your mind they just did because yeah, you fear it so much. So, that's true. Um, but yeah, uh, get those links on our website. Check our show notes. We'll have links to. The playlist that Jason talked about, and I'll put a, find a little link for the uh, events music. Now it's time for your hot takes. We love hearing from you. Let us know what you're thinking via email at podcast at macworld.com, or you can contact us through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Facebook page of Macworld. Uh, here are a couple of comments that caught our eye. Uh, this is in regards to the 5G MacBook rumor from James Wages, who actually had a comment last week about the MacBook rumors. And he says that 5G or any built-in cellular feature for that matter is just a yawn feature. Uh, if Apple wants to really wow the rest of us, it needs to go add the SD card slot, a good keyboard, at least one USB-A port, put the extension (laughs) power cord back in the box where it belongs, dish the touch bar, and restore the glowing Apple logo. Yeah, that's not going to happen, James. We said that last week. By the way, it keeps going. Yeah, Yeah, it does keep going. All of that. That sounds great, though. Well, you know what? I actually don't care about the glowing logo, but every other piece of that, I go like, well, I would prefer that to, to... not having it. Yeah. Yes. Well, and the other thing is, too, this was just one comment that James made on this particular story. <laughs> he actually commented something similar on another MacBook story. So he's really, you know. He's into it. He's really into this whole Apple, you got to do something about the MacBook thing. 
Uh, I'll, you know, he maybe he's just the most verbose one, but I think there's a lot of people out there like that. There, I think there's a, a lot, lot of people, people like you Which is with what? a five-year-old MacBook right. who doesn't want to replace like it you. because it's got – I'm looking at it on the table right now, <laughs> and I don't blame you. It's got the good right. keyboard and a USB-A port and an SD card slot yeah. and all these other things that I miss on mine. So, uh, that's why I keep bringing back James's comments – because I think a lot of people agree with him. Yeah, like you, uh, like yeah. me. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, I I think it's true that people want, you know, they, they want certain you know levels. Maybe they maybe some people want just a keyboard to be fixed and they're fine with everything mm-hmm. else. Me, I I kind of in, in the same boat as James. I, you know, I want the keyboard changed. I want the ports. Uh, I want the MagSafe to come back, uh, but. I've also accepted the the reality that it's not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, a little bit outside of putting Touch ID on Macs and boosting the displays to Retina, I feel like the last five or six years of MacBook development has gone backwards yeah. on everything except for the part that Apple doesn't control, the Intel part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like the chips are getting faster, the Intel chips are getting faster, the storage is getting faster, but. You know, they added Touch ID and Retina, and then everything else they've kind of taken away yeah. without necessarily upgrade replacing it. And that's not always a bad thing, but I think uh, not a – I don't want to say not a day goes by. I don't use my MacBook that much, but I use my MacBook all the time and run into a, oh, on an old MacBook, I wouldn't have this problem. Mm-hmm. But I got to go get a dongle. I got to go do mm-hmm. this. I got to do – you know, I don't like this keyboard. It's so loud. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> And any thought that the 16-inch MacBook Pro would have some of these features? I I, I don't think that's going to happen either. Not a chance. Well, Thunderbolt the keyboard 3 might be a thing, but the so keyboard, the yeah, keyboard will change. Yes. Yes. I, we, yes, the thing, the reason I say might is we got to see what it's actually like yeah, first. For sure. It sounds that's nice true. right now, but what if it turns out to not be nice? Yeah. What <laughs> if it turns out that the, you know they changed the technology implementation, so it's not a butterfly anymore, but it feels exactly exactly. Same. right, and it's loud, <laughs> and, it's and loud. all that other stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that would be sad. But it's you know, and it's going to have the touch bar, I'm sure. Yes, mm. it will have the touch bar. I'm Apple's rolling my eyes. <laughs> Uh, John Hathcock on Facebook had a comment about Apple. Uh, this was in regards to the Mac OS 10.14.6 update that recently came out. Uh, John says that Apple is getting as bad with updates as Microsoft. It wouldn't be so horrible if the install didn't take half a day, <laughs> even on an SSD. And I bring this one up because you did this similar thing. You did the exact same thing the other day, right, Jason? Yes. And I think it was this. I think it was this update my Mac was going to. But yeah, yeah, I, I've noticed that too recently. I updated a few Macs, and it takes sometimes it takes as long as forty five minutes, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that's now, that and that's not including the download part. The download yeah. that's just after it's restart. You you download it and says yeah, I have to restart now, and you say okay, and then you have to come back in thirty forty five minutes before yeah. you can use your computer, and I just can't understand why. When it's a billion times more, not a billion, when it's like <laughs> so much more powerful than like my iPhone or my Apple Watch, which Apple Watch takes forever to update. It does. But it's does. still three, four times faster than my MacBook, uh-huh. even for one of these little point release things. I yeah. just don't get what's going on with the architecture that it takes so long to update. I don't get it either. The only thing I could think of is that 
does it have to actually reinstall the OS in order to install the update? That's Doesn't what it, it feels. Yeah. Like. That's not the <sighs> point really. Is. And yeah, yeah I, I really feel like that's something I would love to see them attack in the a next. It's not going to happen in Catalina as we've seen yeah. through Catalina updates, but I would love to see that in 10.16, I guess it would be, next year's uh, major yeah, thing, whatever's yeah. after Catalina. Like that's, I would love to see uh, a, 15, them work 15. on the re-architecting 15. of it to be more easily updatable. Right. Where just those parts can update more quickly. There's no reason that these little tiny point releases should take, should be more than a five minute reboot. Yeah. The funny thing is they'll they'll figure it out and then they'll announce it and it will get like the lou- lou- loudest ovation at WWDC. Absolutely. Yep. And everyone will be like, Completely. what's the big deal with that? Yeah. <laughs> Just, but everyone will love that. The people who are in that audience will flip. <laughs> Well, that just about does it for this week's episode of the Macworld Podcast. This is episode 662. I'd like to thank Leif Johnson. Thank you. Thanks to Jason Cross. Thanks. You can subscribe to the podcast via iTunes, through SoundCloud, or on Spotify. If you have any comments or questions, send us an email at podcast at macworld.com. Or you can contact us through, the, through Twitter, that's at Macworld, or on the Macworld Facebook page. Join us next week as we talk about the latest news and happenings in the world of Apple. See you all next week.